0: Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Rob Thrasher. I'm doing the Spotlight on Success radio show. We're sponsored by Life and Homes. Life and Homes is a New York publication that started a few years ago and it's it's really making, making waves in the real estate industry. I saw their business plan and I actually was privy to their franchise business plan, which is amazing. Uh, they've expanded to six counties in, in New York and they should be, from what I've seen in the past few days, they should be a few weeks away from starting to sell their first franchises. So I highly recommend you look into that. Go to LifeAndHomes.com. It's a great publication. They're good people. It's another one of those success stories that we've kind of, I've kind of been following for several years. They're in upstate New York mostly now, but they're expanding this month. They'll be selling franchises. So everybody check that out. LifeAndHomes.com, our sponsor. And today I have I have uh, Therese Jensen-Lacey with me. She is, uh, gosh. You know, it's kind of one of those things where I was just so overwhelmed by your bio and all this stuff that, that Therese is doing that it's almost like I almost wanted to say just go read her website. One of the things I thought was really cool was, Therese, you write, you write books about Native American history and Native American-related things. And I have never even read one of those, to be honest with you, but I really, really have to make it a point to get in there. Just from the bio, if you go read Therese's bio, it's, it's pretty impressive. Today we're going to talk about the Chicken Soup for the Soul books.
1: Chicken Soup for the Soul. Anyone who who doesn't know what the series is about, it it was started by uh, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen with uh, I believe their sister with them also. Um, they decided to well first they try they put a, a number of publishers saying, hey we want to publish people's stories and it's going to make people feel good. Like chicken soup makes you makes your body feel good when you're sick. So if you are feeling down or depressed. The Chicken Soup for the Soul stories will uh, lighten your spiritual or psychic load, for lack of a better term. So, uh, no one would publish their work, and so um, or the collected stories that people had given them. So, uh, Jack and Mark and their sister um, went out on a limb and started self-publishing Chicken Soup for the Soul, and now they're they're uh, called Health Communications Inc. And they publish not only their books, but, I mean, they've come out with hundreds of titles. And um, they're consistent bestsellers uh, internationally. My stories have been translated into 27 different languages. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been a good experience.
0: That's a I don't know if I answered your call. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure if you did or not, but you answered a better question, and that's like, what was their story? So I should have asked you the right question. Maybe answered it. But honestly that's that's a no, that's a great answer because I'll be I'll tell you what, I didn't know that. They were originally self published. That's phenomenal.
1: Yes, and no one everyone said, Oh, nobody wants to read stories. It's just it's gonna make you feel good. No one wants a collection of feel good stories. They Uh, like how to do, they like to be entertained, but no one will buy it. And um, they were turned away by all, you know, the major publishers, or not all, but many major publishers, and I've heard them talk about it from time to time, and um, of course, they they set the publishing world on on its ear when when they not only came out with these, but they they hit the bestseller list with the first one, so uh, they're now in their 15th year, and uh, one of my stories, well, they always choose 101 stories to put in each book. I don't know how they came up with the 101, but it seems like a good number for me, and they usually get three to 5,000 submissions per book, um, like Pet Lover Soul, Golfer Soul, Veteran Soul, things like that, and um, so I have eight stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul books, and it's on different topics, like Teen Soul 2, Sister Soul, Romantic Soul, uh, Chicken Soup for Kids in the Kitchen, um, this cooking thing, so... Just different topics, and anyone could submit to Chicken Soup for the Soul. It's, uh, their website is chickensoupforthesoul.com, and uh, you keep the rights so you can uh, sell it to someone else. Uh, a couple of my stories have gone on to be, or uh, they've been in national magazines since they came out in Chicken Soup for the Soul books, so you can do other things with your story. so that's what I like, too.
0: They don't, uh, they don't take complete ownership of it, which is nice because it gives you leeway.
1: That's correct. The author keeps the copyright, right? And that's important.
0: Oh, absolutely, sure. That's that's big. And and that now, yeah. I mean, wow. I didn't know their story. That's kind of cool. You kind of took me off guard with that in a good way, because that's that's a cool story. And here you go. About Fifteen years ago, they must have been probably, I would guess, one of the first ones to use the internet to do that kind of thing.
1: Oh, they're going. Gosh, in so many different directions with their marketing, and so many people are working with them. I'm trying. Simpletruths.com, I believe, is working with them, and a lot of people who give all kinds of not just advice but um, wisdom. I mean, real wisdom out there, and so they they have gotten a real good internet network established out there. But I believe they were they were one of the first ones to come up with a website. I've been following them since their inception, but um, incidentally, one of my stories was chosen for their anniversary issue, Chicken Soup for the Soul, our 101 best stories, and one of my previously published stories was uh, one of the 101 out of the tens of thousands of stories that have come out in their uh, their collection, and this one was entitled, My Sisters, Myself, and the Seasons of Life.
0: So the first being a a compilation of stories, which you included in, which means... Of the three or four thousand stories per book, times ten or twelve books, that even puts the percentage of the stories that you yours got picked over. Plus, you said it was
1: eight stories. Or oh,
0: that was the last book.
1: Um, I have eight stories in the Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh, and um, there, once you kind of figure out what what the, uh, they want as far and what they don't want uh, as far as the type of story. Of course, they want true stories, but. There are so many um, experiences we all have, and some people are better at writing those experiences down and reflecting on them. Some people are just better than that, than others. And you know, we all have our gifts. So apparently, uh, for uh, for better or for worse, that's that's uh, one of mine. Uh, but um, so sometimes I'll I'll experience something or think about something or reflect on something. And I think you know if I'm either feeling sad or happy about this, then there must be. Hundred thousand people who feel the same way, and then I right. I write it down. So it's um apparently I've I've latched on to something.
0: And um what was the now you mentioned I don't remember because I was looking. They have so many books. If you go into the bookstore, you can't even. They have almost a whole shelf dedicated to the to their series of books. I was amazed at just the ones I saw in the bookstore. Let alone like you say the the number online. it's just, it's just a lot of books. But it's a lot of good information, you know, it's like kind of, you know, story-based people who's really been there and done that, and, you know, those are the people that you learn from, people that have been there and done that, and like you said, the ones who can get it down into the writing the best are, you know, you might have a great story, but let's face it, it's, it's sometimes how you tell it and how accurately you tell it, you know, how um, people kind of relate to it, so I mean, but yeah, that's a great, the whole thing is a great franchise, and it's, I don't think anybody hasn't on some level heard of it, which is cool was there another one the older wiser one what, did you mention that too or is that a, a different thing uh,
1: the hundred and one best stories the subtitle is older and wiser oh, okay. I myself would not have chosen that for a title because some of the other some of the stories in here were written by young younger people right um, but um, anyway what and something else I like about the chicken soup for the soul stories is they don't just print your story. They have your bio in the back and contact information. So, especially for, for people who are writers, or if we want people to get in touch with us, uh, they can, or uh, at least contact you by email or something like that. I usually have my email posted in some of these. But some of the titles in this 101 Best Stories would be or see, Ripples of Reflection, First Love, An Anonymous Rose. Um, uh, there are some love stories. And, not, and Let's see. I'm trying to look for... This one's In the Eye of the Storm. So there's some kind of adventure things. The Fisherman has been the other one. And then there's one, uh, there's a chapter on funny stories. So it's just all different topics. But um, I'm planning on doing a signing this summer, at least several. I hope to come up to New York uh, to see uh-huh. you and, and visit with some uh, folks there and, and do some of my... Some signings of the 101 Best Stories the anniversary issue. While I'm up there, and by the way, I want to mention Jack Canfield's sister is Kimberly Kerber, who designs fabulous jewelry. And uh, for one of my stories, she liked it so much she gave me a handmade necklace, you know, which I still have. And it it's, it's, says so something like "Friends Forever" or something like that. But so they're they're good people. And uh, I'm going off on a tangent, but that's what this is all about.
0: Oh, that that's a that's not a tangent. That's totally yeah. That's right in line here. I mean, I'm going to go length their story, you know, the kind of people that you do you have there and work there. And now, how, how, what was your um, sort of original point contact? How did you come up with that? You know, I, and I, I'm going to lead into this by saying, one of the things, and I've said this before, but one of the things that people really miss, um, you might be a good writer, you might have a good story, but not be a good writer. You might have a good story and be a good writer. But, you don't know, market yourself, and the key to the whole thing, and the key really to everything is being able to market yourself first. And so, and, and that led to, we've talked in the past about just getting on the phone and making a call that just seems almost crazy, like calling up a huge publisher and just saying, here's a book or here's a book I'm planning. It. And, you know, the thing is you catch that one person who's thinking out of the box on that one day and that exact minute that you make that phone call and you make the right connection, and things happen, and and so how did you make your initial sort of point of contact for those people out there who have no, you know, publishers or no contacts, or they're thinking about what do I do next, what kind of ideas do you have on that?
1: Well, um, my point of contact with Chicken Soup for the Soul, and this was, gosh, forever ago, I guess it was their first year when I first heard about them, um, I did have one of my stories published in a National Collegiate magazine, and it was called Love and Belonging, and it was. Um, a fiction piece, but I'd, and it's from a, a male point of view. And I'd interviewed many guys whose parents were breaking up, and just to get their take on what they were dealing with and all that. And so this was uh, the story was about um, a college freshman, a guy who was having to deal with his parents breaking up and his basically his world coming apart while he was trying to reach out on his own and and uh, figure out his life also. And his parents were suddenly needy and all this. Uh, so. I, I fictionalized this, this account, a conglomeration of all these guys' interviews, interviews with these young men, in other words, and put it, it, it came out in um, a magazine called Orientation. Uh, it's a national collegiate magazine, and um, it's based out of, let's see, the publisher is still, I believe, in Nashville. Anyway, uh, I sent what's called a tear sheet, which is when a, a source comes out in a magazine, you just tear it out of the magazine, you can send it to whomever, that way they can see it's published, and they might want to pick it up or not, you offer it to someone else. So I was offering it to the Chicken Soup for the Soul. I I thought, well, what's the worst they can say is no, and then I just spent, I think at that time it was a 12-cent stamp 15 years ago, (laughs) or something like that. I know, it's terrible, but um, Kimberly Carver, their sister, uh, called me on the phone and said, "I love this story, and wow. we would like to to run it in our team. We have a chicken soup for the team soul coming out, and and we'd like to run it in there. And I, you know, felt like I'd won the lottery. And so it was the, uh, I mean, the, the fact that it was out of three to four thousand stories submitted to them, and it and they chose 101." Um, it was just a, a high compliment that she liked it. And uh, sometimes now they'll still, I'm on their mailing, their emailing list, and, and sometimes they'll even call me and say, hey, we've got this coming out and do you think you can try to write something for this? And so, of course, I always try. So, But right. if you don't get out there and try, if you don't get out there and ask, if you don't get on the phone, if you're not a presence, then people will, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll look at something else or consider something else you never know what people are thinking, what they're considering. And so the the, the worst that – it's like the Wizard of Oz in that movie. And um, let's see, was it the Tin Man who was saying, well, what if the the Wizard says no and they'll say – they said, You'll, you're no worse uh, off than you are now. And so right. uh, we're all the Tin Man, you know. We don't have to be, we shouldn't be afraid to, to go right.
0: ask. You got them early on in sort of their career, too. If you'd make a list – Sure, you want to have some of the dream ones on there as well, but but also look for the ones that maybe are just just getting started, and maybe they they have um, you look for people or companies that have similar beliefs. They're thinking a little more out of the box. They're doing a self-publishing thing, and so I imagine because you said well, it was seemed like a dream come true. So they clearly had uh, made a name for themselves, but I mean they weren't you know Random House or one of the ones that you know have been around for a long time. Um, So, I mean, maybe in a sense that's another part of what to learn here is that, you know, call some that are just starting. Call some that only have a dozen books. Call some in a kind of an out-of-the-way part. You know, um, people get published up here. It's called North Country Books. It's a kind of a regional thing. So look for regional publishers, people that you don't necessarily see are, are not on the big radar screen, but they are local. And not for nothing, if you know a little bit about marketing the books, you know that you're a lot more likely to get into to the local Barnes and Noble if you're a local person because they like to carry local books, and so it kind of helps if you have a local publisher. Uh, but then again, don't don't necessarily not call the, the Random House or the big ones.
1: Yeah, I mean those are all good houses, but everyone wants to get in there. So um, right. you're right. I mean it's, it's uh, find the 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 places that are just starting up, and they're they're a they're, they they want writers. They're they don't have a lot of uh, word of mouth going about, and so it's it's great to get in on the ground floor and work with that company when they're a fledgling company, and and if you're a fledgling writer or trying to get started, that's that's the best place to start. And they're, I found publishers like that are, are just so much more open to new ideas, and they won't say, well, that's the way we've always done it because they've never done it. <laughs> they're uh, right. they're just starting out, so uh, you're all learning together, but they're also appreciative of of writers' efforts, and so I, I, you know, the the publisher of the the group of Chicken Soup for the Soul, they've all been just top-notch up front, you know, and it's, uh, I've always enjoyed working with them, but, uh, you know, I guess I'm just, I I can't say enough about them.
0: Uh, Good find. I mean, you know, it's one of those finds that you going to be the thing maybe that, you know, you look back on and say maybe that was the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back for me, you know, but in a good way. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing that you did that that basically, you know, let's face it, again, no matter what you're selling, inbound calls are better than making outbound cold calls. You're getting inbound calls about people asking you to write things down and that's where you want to be at right there.
1: That's true. That's, uh, and of course, I've always welcomed that. You know i th- I think uh, writers, especially now, things have gotten more uh, technologically advanced. I mean, gosh, we've got everything from Kindle to the new iPad to the technology instead of us uh, writers seeing it and publishers shouldn't see things as as threats. They should see how can I get in on this and how can I make a name for myself in this new publishing world?
0: Right? Oh, yeah, technology you gotta look at. I just found something, Adobe Photoshop, it's Photoshop Elements, so it's the basic version of Photoshop, doesn't cost however much the full-blown version costs, but now you go in there, if you know how to make images and put the images together, you can basically tell the thing to say, t- okay, take all these 20 images and make a book for me, and it's an e-book right there, boom, it takes like, you know, other than making the images, it takes about 10 minutes to compile it into this, and it comes out as a PDF, but it's really like a, one of these ebooks where you can flip the page and you can distribute it all as, like, one file. It's it's a lot of cool stuff out there. But if anyone hasn't seen oh. that yet, check out that Adobe. And I'm, of course, not a sponsor. You know, I'm not making any money on that. But
1: it's really cool. <laughs> it's
0: Adobe Photoshop Elements. And you just tell it, you know, you so you make 20 images, and you can type your, you know, you type your pages right in there, and you put your images in, and then you save them all, whether they're different types of file formats. It doesn't matter what it is, because mm-hmm. Adobe can open all of it, and you can tell it, okay, take these 20 files and, and publish it as an, as basically an ebook that comes out as a PDF format, it's it's pretty amazing.
1: Uh, oh gosh, That's, that now. is amazing. Yeah. yeah, every time I think I'm up on technology, I'll find out there's something else. Oh, and I interrupted <laughs> you or saying something?
0: No, no, not at all. That's fine. No, I know that. Yeah, you, if you just watch, like I say, I use I've been using Photoshop for 20 years or I don't know, maybe it's not 20 years old, but a long time I've been using Photoshop, and all of a sudden I found this thing in. in because i never really just wanted to publish a little pamphlet you know something simple mm-hmm. and i found this tool in there and yeah it's pretty amazing what was the most recent project you were working on uh
1: the book that's coming out in about uh three months is a native american um, history book it's uh there most of the focus on culture and um that's through chelsea house publishing in new york and it's uh, the, this is the first one as i said it's the Comanche, and I'm thrilled that they asked me to write this first one because it's the template for the series, and it was rather daunting because I said, well, can you give me more details about exactly what how you want me to write this? They said they wanted something different than they'd ever seen before, and I said, can you give me more information? And they said, oh, we'll know when we see it. <laughs> so um, as I said, <laughs> that was like. rather daunting and, and a bit... Um, they did accept m- what I had done, and we had a few rewrites, mostly like make this, make that. The Rewrites is where most writers, that's what most of us just despise, because you're finished with the book, you've sent it out in the world to seek your fortune, and it's like giving birth to a baby. You don't want to see it, you know, you don't want to go back to the pregnancy part, but rewrites are like going back to the pregnancy part, but uh, right. I had to rewrite uh, mostly the last two chapters, but it wasn't in a bad way. It was like expand on this. Make this chapter into two long, since it's, too, it's very long, so make it into two shorter chapters. Expand on this theme that you're discussing, et cetera. And um, I had the great honor of uh, interviewing quite a few of the Comanche elders. And just, uh, by the way, I discovered that some of them, everyone knows about the Code Talkers during World War II, but they think that just it was just the Navajo people. But Comanche warriors were chosen, and I say warriors because that's still their culture, but they were chosen to be Code Talkers also to help uh, keep the, uh, the enemy during World War II from figuring out the next battle plan and strategic maneuvers and things like that. And they were able to get those messages through, um, through the airways and what have you. So the last community co Code Talker was just laid direct. He just walked the spirit road just when I was working on finishing the book. So unfortunately I did not really? get to interview him, but uh, uh yes, and it's uh but there is a new museum now for the Code Talkers and that's that's uh in Lawton, Oklahoma. So uh I've had some really good talks with uh quite a lot of people in that area and some of the elders and I, I am part Comanche so that was uh, nice for my publisher to ask me to write to make that the first book. But um it, anytime you're writing about History, you always learn something. I discovered one of my ancestors is uh, what he was Indian. Uh, he was from, of course, uh, the New York area. And at that time, m- most of the country would not, I mean, the Native Americans weren't even citizens, much less you know, they couldn't go to law school or anything like that. So uh, he, as by Samus Parker, went to Texas, which was a, a, a republic, and they accepted him. And so he became an attorney, and he was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence for Texas. So that's uh, something I didn't know about my own ancestry. But uh, anyway, if, anytime you're writing history, like I said, you'll always discover something, and it may be about you, it may be about the country, it may be about the world, but it always opens up something in you that it, it just expands. Well, I, I sound really hippie-ish, but expands your mind. But... <laughs> I was thrilled to, I was thrilled right. to find that out well it, <clears throat> I wasn't really a hippie, but I almost was but
0: um you know, you're right on the I, I edge
1: could, yeah, I could be now i'm I'm kind of a, I guess I'm a boomer, but uh close enough but uh, so I just finished writing the Comanche book, and right now I'm working on two short stories, and I have a couple of magazine articles, most they're for trade journals. And then I have my next book, uh, it's due out, it's due to come to my publisher, excuse me, August 1st, and that's on the Black Seat, and I've, I've already written something else about them before, not saying I know near as much, I mean, for every book I write, I think I could write 20 more about all that I have learned, but I can't put into that book, because it just makes it too big, it's just too much right. information, but, um so I'm looking forward to diving into that, but... um one of the short stories I've written, I'm working on right now, is, is an old African-American tale that, that it was a, this, this lady, I kn- knew her as Granny Nanny, she was up in Tennessee and she was ancient, and it was uh, part of her family's oral history, and she said, now I want you to take this story and I want you to write it down for me, and uh, she's passed away, but uh, I'm doing it for her family, so maybe one day it'll get out there, but... It's called Stitch. It's about how just a little stitch uh, changed the, the course of their family's history or what happened to them. So uh, I'll share it with you sometime. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, no I'm no. I'll
0: check that out. On the, on the Is that on your website yet?
1: Um, not yet because I just, well, two things happened. It's kind of strange. Uh, earlier this week I started thinking about my friend Granny Nanny. I hadn't thought about her in years since I moved down to L.A., lower Alabama. If we were any further south, it would be sort But of um I, I thought, you know, I need to write down this story because I, I told her I would, and I started writing it, and then I, I contacted my former principal. I'm a teacher, too, and I, I wrote her up and uh, asked her how was everybody, and Granny Nanny passed away. So just when I thought, you know, you write this story for Granny Nanny, she was, she was gone. So it was, uh, you know, maybe it was a message from her, get it done, so I'll get it done for her. There you go.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um got yeah, uh two minutes here, so real quick before we go off the last part, just mention your website because I'm gonna mention uh life and homes again. All
1: right. My website is my name, T Jensen, that's J E N S E N Lacey, L A C E Y, T com. no dots or dashes, and uh you can uh email me at T at Yahoo dot com and I am planning on coming to New York this summer. I would love to do a signing for anyone, especially for the chicken soup for the uh anniversary issue, uh, the edition. And I would look forward to seeing you at some point, Rob. And thanks for having me on the show.
0: Hey, no problem. We're, we're going to go if you want. If you wanted, um, I have one other thing I want to talk to you about, but there's just a the live part that's going off. Then we can still keep recording if you've got a few more minutes. To spare, okay. I just had to, before we go off the live part, I just want to mention everybody, go check out lifeinhomes.com. Going into franchise more very soon, they're going to have franchises available. It's a great, great company, great business plan, and their franchise business plan is, is amazing. Also, I just want to mention real quick, um, Teresa and I met, and I've met many, many high-quality people and authors through my Cyber Village network, cybervillage.com, and then I have them all kind of laid out. So if you go to authors, no www. Go to authors.cybervillage.com or just Google Cyber Village Authors. You can find this. You can you can meet me, and even cooler, you can meet Therese, and you can meet people that, I mean, there, there's a, an author in there who works at CNN as a senior editor, which is a cool thing. Um, there's people from all walks of life all over the country, and, um, you know, most are published authors. But if you just want to be an author, you think, you, you know, you have a, a talent and you want to network with other authors, um, Google Cyber Village Authors or go to authors.cybervillage.com. Um, so there you go, lifeinhomes.com, cybervillage.com, and tjustinlacy.com, right? Right, to <laughs> right. right. And
1: uh, thank so you work. for all you people listening. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. And uh, so we got about another 40 seconds, but we'll keep going here. I also wanted to ask, um, and I think one of the other things we'll do on on maybe a future show is is just kind of pick out select paragraphs and talk a little bit more in depth about some of the books and I mean maybe the first step is to do that with the, the chicken soup book since we're going to try to do um, everybody just keep checking out the Cyber Village authors by the way and, and we're going to try to get Therese up here to um, the upstate New York area and uh, do some books huh?
1: because, okay it must be. Um,
0: yeah so we're going to be working on that and we're going off live here in about five seconds so thanks okay. for uh, coming in, everybody. And uh, Teresa, if you want to just talk a little bit about, um, we let's see, um, I have a list here somewhere. Um, you've got too many things to talk about, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, I want to ask you. Uh, so you said, um, Chelsea, that's a that's a good sized one. Is is that like your biggest publisher, or is the chicken soup thing actually bigger than them? now? Uh,
1: well, they're probably about the same size now. Uh Chelsea but Chelsea they publish so many titles. Uh like you say, they are just huge. But uh yeah, uh, Health Communications Inc. is also huge. Uh I also write for Globe Pequot Press. Um let's see I'm trying to gosh, there are so many. But uh uh I'm also I have this uh state are are we off the air now?